Welcome back to another episode of No Pucks Given Podcast. This is going to be the uh, the Islanders fans suck episode uh, with Nick Abbott and uh, Josh Whitney. Uh, how's it going today, Josh? Great, man. Can't wait to talk about uh, NHL trade, trade deadline and kind of what you said, Islanders fans suck. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. We got, uh, you know, Harden, Harden's breakdown of his... Uh, of his point streak, or his 30-game point streak, or whatever, though. Um, trade deadline recap. Uh, Bryce Harper finally made the decision. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. And then we also have Ask the Fans segment once again. So, um, yeah, lots to talk about. But uh, Let's get into that John Tavares getting booed and how he was treated by New York Islanders fans. What do you think about that? Yeah, so... Uh, this is this is gonna be the first time I've really gone on a rant on the podcast, um, and if uh, my grandparents are listening, you know, close your ears because this is gonna get uh, a little a little R-rated. But uh, yeah, the fans the fans went uh, a little overboard with the whole welcome back of John Tavares last night. Uh, this this episode is being recorded on Friday. The game was on Thursday. Um, yeah, it was a little overboard. I think uh, you know you you. Understand the booing and all that shit, you know, that, that happens in sports, it's always happened in sports, but to throw stuff at him, to throw plastic snakes at him, to just completely disrespect him um, is just a bit uh, too far. The, the Islanders fans were wearing pajamas and they're calling him Pajama Boy because when he decided to go back to Toronto, he posted a picture of him wearing Toronto Maple Leafs pajamas, which I think that is a golden idea, I think that's great, you know. But leave it at that, you know. Don't don't throw stuff on the ice, um, and don't don't completely just like disrespect them. Um, also, you're putting just such horrible face on your your organization, you know. Um, but obviously, he's gonna get booed. Obviously, um, you know that's that type of stuff's gonna happen. But for them to also during the whole tribute video to just completely you know, disregard the video after he put up nine seasons, you know, almost 10 in that, in that insanely, uh, you know, type of bipolar franchise where they don't do anything with their team. They don't put anything on the ice for him. Now they're in first place in the Metro and they're doing a good job without him. So I don't know why the fans are even so upset about it, but listen, if you're getting a tribute video done for you, you obviously deserved it. And there's no reason why you should be getting chanted, you know, we we don't need you. But the funniest part about it is, is you don't need them right now. You're doing a good job in the season. But once you get to the playoffs and you're met with Washington, um, and hope to God, I hope you meet the Leafs in the playoffs because they'll just prove you wrong, um, <clears throat> or any other team in the playoffs, you're, you're going to need a player like that. John Tavares is a top five in the NHL type of player. So, um, you know, I just think it's a bit ridiculous. And, uh, that that type of stuff is always going to be in the game. It's always been in the game, but it's just a little extreme for what happened last night. But I totally agree with you. Really bush league by the Islanders fans. They threw they threw a, one of their uh, one of his old jerseys at him yeah. while he was coming off on warm ups. Um, pretty bullshit in my opinion. Yeah. I can't believe that happened. So let's go over. I saw some stats here. The career with Islanders for John Tavares. He had 272 goals for them. 621 points in 669 games. Yeah. Team captain for the last five seasons, a five-time All-Star for them. He left in the off-season, and it, you know what? Kudos to him. They he gave them nine years of them not putting a team around him, yeah. and he went to the team he's loved and grew up loving, the Toronto Maple Leafs. So good for him. And to top it all off, when asked about 
the Islanders fans, he took the high road and said they always made it tough on the opponent. He didn't say anything bad about his former team or their fans. And to be honest with you, I wish he would have after the game. I wish he would have thrown them under the bus because it was ridiculous. And the New York Islanders fans should be sorry for themselves. And to be honest with you, I agree. They they can boo him. They can do the pajama thing and do yeah. everything else that it's all, it's awesome being a fan. But yeah. to throw stuff at him and throw stuff on the ice at him and to during his tribute video to disrespect him like that, I think is ridiculous. He gave you nine seasons to if you want to boo anyone, boo your GM. Yeah. Boo boo the coaches that are around you and and boo the ownership for not yeah. for not putting a team around this guy. Yeah, and it's a brand new whole franchise there. Like they got brand new coach and a brand new general mm-hmm. manager. So. Yeah. It's it's definitely frustrating to just see that because of the talent he has. Um, during any respectful video, he should have been respected. Like he was by the players of the Islanders. They stood up. They saluted him. Uh, but the fans, I, I really thought that the fans would calm down a little bit and appreciate him during that tribute video. But uh, to hell with them. Let's, uh, let's he go. Was- he was really a non-factor in the game too. They ended up yeah. getting routed six to one. However, like you said earlier in your rant, and I totally agree with you, I can't wait to the playoffs. I really hope they match up in the playoffs, and John Tavares proves him wrong yeah. and shuts up those Islanders fans. Yep. Um, but uh, talking about that, let's talk about the NHL trade deadline and get right into icing. So to start off, um, some big trade deadlines. I know last week we talked about some that already went down, but we talked about some trade bait that was still out there that were probably going to get dealt, and they did. Some of them did that we talked about. Uh, the number one that we'll talk about first is the Bruins get Marcus Johansson, um, and he's from the New Jersey Devils, and they traded a second and fourth round pick to them. Yeah, Marcus Johansson's uh, been around the league for a while now. He's a veteran forward, uh, definitely a good playoff player for them. Um, the Bruins need that up front, too. They need uh, a little bit more scoring. They gave up uh, Ryan Donato. They got Charlie Coyle. They had a pretty pretty active uh, trade deadline. So uh, he has 28 points right now in 50 games. Um, we'll see where he goes with the rest of the season with the Bruins for sure. Um, he's, he's definitely a good player. Uh, the second trade we'll talk about is uh, San Jose. They got Gustav Nyquist. They got him from your hometown, love, lovable Red Wings fan that you are, and they got it for a 2019 second-round pick and a conditional pick from the Red Wings. Yeah, I uh, I don't mind the trade as a Red Wings fan. Like it's it's I know I knew Goose was leaving. He's but he's put in a, a hell of a lot of work for the Red Wings. He's been around for a while. Um, always going to be one of my favorite players to watch. But he's def- his game has definitely gone down a little bit. Just like last year, they got rid of Thomas Tatar at the deadline. They moved him to Vegas. Um, it's the same type of thing with him. You know, the play's going down. You're going to get a couple picks for him. Total rebuild in Detroit, so it's it's good. He has 49 points this year. Um, we'll see where he goes in San Jose, who is a contender. So that is going to really help them uh, up front for sure. And I think it makes them a big-time contender. Uh, third trade we're going to talk about is the Winnipeg Jets get Kevin Hayes from the New York Rangers for uh, Brandon Lemieux. And a conditional pick. Yeah, it's a good trade for Winnipeg, obviously. Brandon Lemieux is a good player. He's a hard-nosed player, just like his dad used to be. Um, but in 45 games, Brandon has uh, 11 points, 66 pims. So he's, he's definitely a, a, a grindy type of player. Um, and in 52 games, Kevin Hayes has 42 points uh, with the New York Rangers. So definitely a, a little scoring boost for the, the Winnipeg Jets. He's a center. He's a big dude. Um, this makes it... 
super hard in that in that division, you know, and we're going to get more into that division in a little bit, but that division just got a lot stronger with him coming in for sure. Uh, a couple trades for Nashville. Um, I'll throw them out both and we can talk about them. Nashville gets uh, Mikhail Granlum from Minnesota for Kevin Fiala. And the bigger one, I think, is Nashville gets Wayne Simmons from Philly, which I didn't know if he was going to get moved either. We kind of talked yeah. about that last last uh, podcast uh, for Ryan Hartman and a conditional pick. Yeah, I'll do the talk about the Granlin one first. Um, he has uh, 49 points this year at Minnesota in 63 games. Fiala has 32 and 65 with Nashville. Fiala's a young guy; he's a goal scorer. Um, he'll be he'll be good for Minnesota. There, they are always around um, the playoffs, but they're not always great in the playoffs, but they always seem to get there somehow. Um, but this could be their chance to kind of rebuild and get prospects in there and help out a little bit. Um, Granlin definitely going to add a lot to Nashville, though. He's a good goal scorer. Um, put him on a line in that in that lineup. He, he'll fit anywhere. Um, I really like that trade for Nashville. But th- I think that's the biggest underdog of the whole trade deadline is that trade right there because both teams are going to um, really be affected by both of them. Um, and then the other national trade, Wayne Simmons, obviously, wherever he goes, he brings his big body with him. He's a big bo- big boy. He knows how to use it um, and a good and a good player in general. So in 63 games, he has 27 points. Um, Ryan Hartman in 66 games has 20 points. Ryan Hartman's also been um, kind of a suitcase the last couple of years. So to see him get moved again um, just shows that, you know, he's not finding that forever home. Um, but Wayne Simmons, definitely a good pickup for Nashville. Once again, that division with Nashville and Winnipeg are just adding assets, and that's going to be a hard division to win. And the last one, and the, probably the, the, one of the biggest ones that we could talk about, is Vegas Golden Knights get Mark Stone and Tobias Lindbergh from, from Ottawa for Eric Brandstrom, a big prospect there, and Oscar Lindbergh. Um, I think it's a huge trade, and uh, I'll let you go into it a little bit more. Yeah, so Mark Stone obviously playing on one of the wor- the worst team in the league right now, um, who is projected to have well, they're not projected to have the first overall pick, but Colorado is because of them. Um, in 59 games, he has 62 points, so he's a little bit over a point per game, which is really good numbers. And um, the other way, Eric Brandstrom, he is just fantastic you know he's one of those players that you watch um and and you really like him he's a young guy i watched him in the world juniors he is just a a game changer defenseman he's kind of like a like eric carlson um not to you know get a little bit ahead of ourselves but i think he's going to be the next eric carlson and it turns out he's going to be playing in ottawa so and uh yeah so the the lindberg's i mean either of them can make make uh you know a little bit of an impact but oscar definitely um you know, has played a little bit more NHL games, has a little bit more experience. Um, he'll be a good pickup for Ottawa for sure. But Mark Stone, that trade right there makes the Pacific Division um, just a little bit more stronger with San Jose picking up Gusoff Nyquist, with Vegas picking up Mark Stone. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be such a hard division to get out of um, for playoff time coming. So. Playoff time is going to be really interested um, coming from that Pacific division, not only that, but, I mean, I mean, just talk about Calgary, who's great, and then you have San Jose, who just, like you said, added Nyquist, and then uh, Vegas. Vegas is always dangerous. I mean, they're yeah. a total different team on the road, but when they play at home in front of their home fans, they, yeah. they know how to bring it. And adding Mark Stone, great player, and uh, 
crazy that he was available from Ottawa. I get what Ottawa's doing, and I think it's a good good thing from them. They're totally rebuilding that franchise, yeah. and I know they kind of messed it up. It's crazy in 2017 they were in a freaking Game 7 in the playoffs, and now they're here, right? Yeah. So I totally understand what they're doing, and it's great that if they have to give away their best player on their team and Mark Stone or one of their best players to get a prospect in Eric Brandstrom, yeah. that's going to be great for them. Yeah, 100%. So I think that pretty much sums up hockey. We have a little bit more talk about uh, maybe some playoff stuff and uh, a little bit more. Yeah, and one more thing to throw in there. Tampa yeah. Bay lost to the Bruins, uh, so their win streak is over. Um, but that gives them, uh, what, four more losses in the season? Four so more losses, so we're still... We're, we're still in contention of the record, and, um, yeah, I don't know. It's still it's still there. It's still, uh, still able to catch, so... It'll be interesting to follow that for the last few few weeks of the season, and I, I, like we said, I I hope they do it. But it'll be in, what really matters with them is what comes playoff time. So, yep. all right, we'll we'll hit it over to the uh, jump ball segment yep. of the uh, of the episode. So to start out, we kind of uh, preface it at the beginning of the show. We have Harden, uh, 30-point streak snapped at 32 games. But then he follows it up. And I think I kind of jinxed him, let's be honest. The last game, yeah. or last episode, we talked about uh, who would you start your franchise with, and I picked James Harden. Yeah. And what do you know, next game he goes 0 from 10 for three-point field, uh, three field goals, and he has 28 points, snapping his streak. Follows that up with 58 points. Ten assists, seven rebounds, and four steals. Incredible. It's I guess crazy. I guess the thirty point streak mattered to him. Yeah, I, I I mean, of course it matters. You know, I mean he's uh he's a good player in this league. He's he wants those records, but um, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. At the like you know if you really look at everything, you know like he's gonna get known for a lot more than just that. So he's uh, <clears throat> one hell of a player and. It was a good streak while it lasted, but now it gives us, you know, a little bit more to talk about. See if he goes on another one or whatever, you know. Uh, interesting. That game was against Miami Heat, so obviously Dwayne Wade. Everyone's uh, talking about how he's retiring after this year. They don't want him. And Wade, after the game, said Harden is uh, turning himself into one of the most unguardable position players in NBA history. Which I totally agree with that. He's a very hard guy to to guard, uh, and he gets to the free throw line all the time. He can shoot from anywhere. Uh, great player. It will be interesting to see how far the Rockets can go yeah. because the Heat are just an okay team, and they only beat them by three points last night, and it took 58 points from James Harden. So they're going to need a little bit more from everyone else for it to work because I really don't think it's sustainable in the playoffs for Harden to keep playing like that. I think he can – I think obviously he can put up a bunch of numbers, but can they win games well, if they're only beating the Heat by three points? They're going to get burned out, you know. I mean, you're, you're mm-hmm. playing big minutes to get those numbers, mm-hmm. and you can't do it all yourself. It's just like LeBron, you know, um, which we're going to get into in a second. But also speaking about the Heat, though, Dwayne Wade is not the easiest to guard either, as you obviously saw the other night when he, uh, you know, beat the Warriors on a last-second shot. He was blocked twice, I think, or once. But he got that ball up somehow, and they were down by two and won it by one. So um, if his career is over this year, which it probably is, um, he's going on one hell of a farewell tour for sure. So it's pretty cool. Honestly, one of the greatest shooting guards ever to play in this game. And uh, it's unfortunate that he's going to retire at the end of this year, as he said he is. I I hope he doesn't. I hope he reconsiders in the offseason because he still has a lot left in the tank, as you can see. Next thing we'll talk about in the Eastern Conference uh, this week, um, Boston lost their fourth straight game in a row, and they got blown out by the Toronto Raptors. And oh, yeah. I know you were very happy about that. And yeah. um, 
frankly, I can't believe that they came out with all this noise saying how they, they're the ones to beat, no one can beat them in a seven-game series, and then they come out on the floor and get beat 118-95 to by the Raptors. Yeah, yeah it's, it's funny, you know, I mean... Obviously, if your if your top players are coming out saying that oh we're gonna win a championship or we're gonna be there, um, but you haven't heard anything from Kyrie in the last couple of days, so um, obviously they're getting a little bit more scared as the time going time's going on. Um, I don't think even if it's not the Raptors, I don't think it's gonna be Boston. Boston, you know, they're not uh, they're just not all that they say they are. They don't have the full team as the Raptors and, and Bucks and. The 76ers, that that east of the of the NBA is unbelievable, and I think it's funny because the East wasn't this good when LeBron was there, but now that LeBron's gone, the East is just like I, I don't know. I think the East is going to win a championship this year, and I don't I don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to be a tight race. I, I think it's it's going to be an East team though. That's a big bold statement because I still think the the Warriors. I just don't know anyone could beat them, but the Warriors show signs of of laps and caring about playing because. I mean, they did get beat by the Heat the other night. I mean, it was a game winner, but, I mean, for a team going to play Miami like that, they should be going in there winning by at least double digits. Yeah. You know, they're a better team than them. Um, and speaking of winning and losing and having troubles going up and down, how about the Lakers? The chemistry yeah. is not there. No. no matter what LeBron wants to try to force on a team, I think it got messed up when he wanted to trade his whole team for one player in Anthony Davis. And... Uh, you come out of the All-Star break, you beat the Rockets, and then you lose the Grizzlies. I mean, they're so up and down, they can't bring the same energy every night. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the Lakers, like we talked about last episode, can actually get this on the right track, and I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening this year either. I think this will be this will be that, that year that LeBron doesn't make the playoffs in a very long time. And, um, you know, it's, it is going to be weird, but it's also – it's also good because it might it might put a different landscape under the NBA. I uh, like I said to you the other day when we were talking, the NBA playoffs are going to be so much different this year. You're going to see so many different teams, and there's going to be so much different outcomes. You're not going to see the Warriors and the Cavs, um, which would be the fifth straight year of two of them in the finals. Um, <clears throat> you know, like we might get lucky enough to not even see the Warriors in there. So, um, and we're definitely not going to see the Cavs. So that's not even a worry. Right. But it's just gonna be nice to see different teams compete for that. You know, it's 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 boring to see the same teams play over and over and over again. And it is a possibility. It's a real possibility the Warriors don't make it to the NBA Finals because of how strong the West is. We've talked about it in past episodes. The Thunder are a team. The Rockets, if they get hot at the right time, are another team that can. And then you have the Nuggets that actually are sitting right behind the Warriors, only a half game behind them for number one in the Western Conference. Yeah. So. That right there is it says a lot about how close and how great these teams are now in the yeah. Western Conference. And the Trailblazers too. The Trailblazers are right yep. there. They got a they got a pretty solid lineup up there. You know they picked yeah. up Cantor around the trade deadline, not not on trade but on a, on a waiver. So right there, you know, I mean, you got you you do got some skill in Portland. I don't know if they just like Denver. I don't know if they can go into the playoffs and play against these star studded teams like the like the Rockets and Thunder and, and and the Warriors to keep up with them, but it's definitely a possibility, you know, and I don't think that that's impossible for sure. And absolutely, and just like the NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs are coming up as well, and it'll be fun to break down those matchups. And like we talked about, the Eastern Conference is going to be great. There's going to be yeah. new matchups in the Eastern Conference that we haven't seen in the past, and I'm a, I'm a very excited for the Eastern yeah. Conference playoffs this year. Um, that being said, let's kick it over to the seventh inning stretch now. All right, 
right, so seventh inning stretch. Obviously, uh, the biggest news is that Craig Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel haven't signed yet. But, uh, you know, other than that, Bryce Harper finally signed, which uh, on our social media we made it clear. Um, what's your thoughts on the big signing that's finally done and over with? Well, he eclipsed uh, John Carlos Stanton's contract of $325 million total. He got $330, 13-year uh, year deal. Very Actually kind of surprising, uh, includes a no-opt-out clause, so uh, he's going to stay with them. And that they, I read he wanted that, so he actually wants to stay in Philly for 13 years, and it'll be interesting. It'll end when he's, on his, uh, he's 39, 40, turning 40 years old, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, the real interesting part is the late – pushers in this Harper sweepstakes were actually the Dodgers and San Francisco, two California teams. L.A. offered him $45 million a year, which he turned down, shorter contract, obviously, four years. And San Francisco offered him 12-year, $310 million. However, factor into that was California taxes. So yeah. they have a little bit a larger income tax bracket, so uh, Harper chose to go to Philly. And I think Philly actually has a better team around them. And we talked about the lineup in the past, what their lineup's going to be. Yeah. And he has a very good chance to compete for years to come in Philadelphia. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I 100% agree with you that 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 team is actually going to be a competitor. Um, now, the the thing that that is crazy to me is that uh, you know he turned down places over here in the West Coast, and he's from the West Coast. Um, I don't know, I don't know where is you know like why he would rather be on the East Coast, but maybe that's just his preference. Um, but ma- imagine, just imagine being so good at a sport that you could turn down a $310 million contract or a $45 million contract. You know, he is such a good player, and he knows what's best for him. Um, to have a no opt-out, that just shows that he's dedicated to Philly and he wants to be there, which is good, and it shows the fans in Philly, which are absolute nutcases, that it's good <laughs> for them to – you know they have a dedicated player in their franchise, so it's it's good for them, and hopefully it pays off in the long run for Bryce for sure. But I'll be excited to see how Philadelphia does this year, especially with Bryce and that whole lineup they have. Um, and to turn down an LA offer for forty-five million dollars a year, which is crazy. I read something that if he would have accepted that, he'd only been thirty by his next contract, and he could have got another humongous contract. So yeah, I think him. to your point. That it shows Philly fans in Philadelphia that he is committed. He wants to stay in Philly. He wants to win championships for them. So it's exciting, and I'll be interested to see how Philly does for his whole contract, the, the time he's there, obviously. So. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think, uh, you know, I mean, the other, only other big news in baseball is that, uh, is that Kimbrell and Keiko are still available, um, which hopefully – the Yankees will go after Keiko a little bit. That's that's my hope right now. I'm glad they didn't get Bryce or they didn't get Manny. Um, hopefully they can go and, and convince him to come to the Yankees. But I think it's a starter. good. I think it's a good chance. I mean, the Yankees obviously they're known to spend money, and I think it's a good chance. Uh, Philly, I read that's pretty much out of the running for uh, both of them. Maybe maybe only for one of them, just because of how much money they just invest in yeah. Harper. And uh, so we'll see where, where that goes. And. Um, other MLB news I actually saw was, uh, and I'll get your opinion on this. We talked about the rule changes yes, and yeah. uh, the pitch clock. They they tabled that till for yeah. like till 2022, I think they said yeah. that they'll reevaluate it. Um, what do you think about them? There being a pitch clock, not being a pitch clock. I know a lot of these pitchers in the MLB don't want it. No, they don't want it. But I I think everybody at home, the fans that pay the money, I think they want it the most because it's just it's hard to sit down and watch. I mean, I do it, you do it. Um, 
it's hard to sit down and watch a full nine-inning baseball game if you're not dedicated to that team. I can't go and watch the Brewers play the Braves just for fun. I'll, I'll fall asleep. It's nine innings. It's a lot of time. But if they had that pitch clock a little bit shorter, you might be able to deal with it, just like every other sporting event. It's a little. It's around that three-hour mark. Some baseball games can go four hours, you know, and just just on a regular game. So it, it definitely would help speed it up, you know. What, what's your What's your opinion on it? I mean, the old school baseball fan in me says hell no because I don't want to see baseball change that much. Just like I don't want to see um, robot umpires and things like that. I right. like that part of the game. And we talked about this last episode is I don't like all the challenges and all the things that mm-hmm. have changed all the sports. I understand it. Totally get it. You need to get the calls right. You need to do everything right. The pitch clock, however, to your point, it would help attendance. I think it would help viewers. I think it would help a younger fan base come in and say, okay, there's a pitch clock. They have to hurry up the game. I'm not going to be sitting here for four hours watching this game. It, it, it comes, it, it, it makes the game a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Just like they are pushing when ballparks redesigned, they always push for shorter fences and they, and they push to bring them in because they want offense. It's the, the game is changing and it's going to keep doing that. And they want viewers their big push for all these rule changes are attendance and, and viewership. And MLB has been on the decline for years, and they want they want to get that interest spooled up again. So um, I'm not for a pitch clock necessarily, but I understand it. So Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. What's the time on that pitch clock, though? What are they trying to do? Like, I, haven't, I haven't really seen an, a dedicated time. I, I mean, that would be something we would have to look up and to see what the pitch clock's, what they're thinking. But, yeah. e- I mean, just to... Just to just the thought of even having a pitch clock, most pitchers are hate it right now. Yeah. I mean, Scherzer said, hell no, he doesn't want that to be in there, which, to, I mean, I understand. That throws a pitcher's routine totally off. Yes. You think yeah. coming up into baseball, ever since you're a little leaguer, I mean, no one's telling you, like, hey, you have this amount of time. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, and even if in the back of your head you know you can't stand there for a long time, you can still go through your routine. You can still pitch a game that you want to, right. the, the routine you want to. So yeah. it'll yeah. be interesting to see if, if baseball eventually adopts it, which I actually think they will, when these older aces kind of get out of the league, yeah, and, like when and Merlander and sure all those guys are gone, I mm-hmm. think yeah, it'll be easier to implement it for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, you're right. Um, so that kind of concludes what we're talking about with baseball. Let's uh, kick it over to fourth down and um, got some big news, football news there. So NFL draft is on us. Um, really, the only big thing right now that we have talked about, it's kind of big, though, is Kyler Murray came to the Combine. Everyone's worried about his size, maybe possibly being a number one pick of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, he, he came in at 5'10", 207, um, which is huge because a, a lot of people are like, oh, he was only barely 5'9", he's probably only 190 pounds. And uh, he kind of actually matches up with Russell Wilson, who in his Combine measured at 5'10", 204 pounds so um so the real big thing is if the cardinals are going to take him with their number one pick and that's kind of the issue right now i don't know if they're drumming up rumors or they're actually thinking about it um but they obviously have josh rosen on the on the team right now so um what do you think about kyler murray obviously killed in oklahoma do you think he deserves to be the number one pick i mean He's, if he's the number one pick, uh, that means Arizona's probably going to trade that pick away um, because I don't think they're going to take him. Um, I think Rosen is their 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 future. Um, but 
if if he does, then it, it's definitely well worth it. He he's deserved it. He like you said, he is just like Russell Wilson. He has a lot of those, um, you know, a lot of a lot of his game is in common as Russell Wilson. Um, but I I do like him. Um, and right now I'm looking at the you know draft the mock draft over here, <clears throat> and um, he's projected to go seventh right now to Jacksonville. So um, it. I mean, if if I'm anybody, number two right now is San Francisco. I'm probably picking. I'm probably picking Kyler Murray for San Francisco. Um, you know, they need they need a little quarterback help over there, um, and they and they could use him. So I mean, we'll see where he goes. But he's definitely definitely surprised a lot of people with his size. For sure. uh, I don't know about San Francisco because they did give Jimmy Garoppolo a big contract a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, I forgot ago. about him. Yeah, yeah. So, but he did tear his ACL last yes, year. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to draft quarterback. That being said, it will be interesting to see where Kyler because he's such a polarizing talent. So we'll see where he kind of ends up. And like we talked about in the past episodes, um, the combine is this weekend, so we haven't hit the combine yet. So we'll be able to see a little bit more like stats and how people and how people perform the combine. See how the mock drafts change. It seems like every year there's like. 40 mock drafts yeah. and it's funny that they do them because it seems pointless at, at some at sometimes because they change every time yep. and nobody really knows who's going to be drafted no. but fun <clears throat> little little topic here uh, i'm sick of this computer <laughs> what like like what is even happening you know honestly let's just keep going um so, out of the top five picks right now, you got... That is not part of our blooper reel. That just happened, and we're going to keep rolling through. We're just going to keep rolling, yeah. Uh, screw that. Um, so, the Cardinals, number one, you got Josh Rosen. Uh, San Francisco, number two, you got Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo. That's mm-hmm. a name, yeah. Um, and the New York Jets, they have a new guy over there, too, right? Uh, what's his name? Sam uh, Darnold. Sam Darnold, yeah. Um, the Raiders got Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. And who they've recently said they're committed to as a franchise yep. quarterback. And the Buccaneers have um, what's his name? The guy uh, James Winston. There you go. Um, <laughs> He's not really always in jail. He's <laughs> always in trouble. But <laughs> so the, then after them, it's the New York Giants that are picking. And if if I'm if I'm anybody there right now, Dwayne Haskins is uh, projected to go there from Ohio State, which wouldn't be bad. Um, but. If I'm the Giants, I'm picking Kyler Murray over Dwayne Haskins. And the reason for that is Eli's probably done after next year, even though he's coming back this year. I would rather have Kyler Murray come in and kind of be like Baker this year. Um, and it's funny, both of them come out of Oklahoma. But I think he'd do the same thing in that in that perspective of taking that franchise and trying to turn it around. Imagine him and... Uh, Saquon. Yeah, Saquon. You know, I mean, that would be domination in the future you know they're gonna be two stars so it's definitely something to think about we could see the Giants even moving up and trading to Arizona um anything could happen you know so yeah I uh I'll be interested to see uh what happens in the draft and uh obviously the combine like we said we'll talk about that coming up uh that's probably it for our uh, football news, so we'll kick it over to the local, and uh, we'll have you start out this week. Yeah, I don't got much for the local. Um, the Growlers are playing right now, um, Friday night, um, out of, down at mile one. Um, the Edge, they're, they're both still in top of their divisions, so Newfoundland professional teams are definitely getting the job done. Um, for local hockey news, nothing big is really going on. Um, Except for up in Victoria, the Newfies, they start their playoff tonight. Um, sorry, I was told not to use the word Newfie. It's offensive. Um, so, Newfoundlanders up there in Victoria, 
They are uh, playing their first playoff game tonight, um, I believe, against Cowichan. So good luck to the boys up there. Alex Newhook just locked up MVP and the league's top scorer. So hats off to him, and uh, hopefully we can get him on the podcast. Um, go over to Josh for the Arizona local sports. So real quick, we have uh, Phoenix Suns. We'll start with them because they're the worst franchise in Arizona right now, um, rivaled by the Cardinals, really. But Suns 17-game losing streak ends. They beat the Miami Heat, which is kind of surprising. They actually yeah. beat somebody. Yeah. Um, still tanking for Zion. Still have the best best projected um, pick for that or lottery chances for that number one pick. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, uh, Cardinals. We kind of talked about Kyler Murray rumors. Uh, Steve Kime did come out and say they talked to him at the combine. Asked about um, Kyler Murray and Josh Rosen. He said Josh Rosen's their quarterback for now. So whether he's trying to drum up some trade interest for that number one pick or he is actually serious about it and wants is interested in Kyler Murray, it'll be interesting to see. I read that Kyler Murray does have an interview scheduled with the Cardinals, so who knows there. Um, ASU basketball, they're currently second in the Pac-12. They lost to Oregon last night. Big loss to Oregon. They needed to keep winning. Um, very crowded for the second place in, in the uh, Pac-12 right now. Uh, they have two games coming against Oregon State and U of A to finish the season. Um, need to win those. They're on the road, though, so we'll see what ASU basketball They'll does. They'll beat U of A forks up. Hopefully, hopefully. ASU hockey, um, they have today and tomorrow at Minnesota. They're 12th in the nation currently right now. This is uh, concluding their season, and March 29th is the first day of the hockey ASU hockey tournament, so you better bet we'll be covering yeah. ASU hockey tournament, or the, actually, I'm sorry, NCAA hockey yeah, tournament, yeah. but... ASU in particular because of our hometown team here. Yeah, works out. Um, and finally, Coyotes win fifth straight. So kind of making my buddy over here, Nick Abbott, <laughs> look a little silly. Well, I'm hoping they do. Not really, not yet. They're a point out of a wild card spot, um, and that's thanks to uh, Brad Richardson, who had four goals last night with victory over Vancouver. Yeah, he's he. I mean, he's been a stud. That's his 16th goal of the season. Um, yeah, they're, they're making me look a little silly, but I'm happy they are. Um, you know, we're looking forward to it. If they can actually clinch this playoff spot, we'll probably be there for hopefully one game. Um, but it, it's exciting. It's it's exciting. Car, like, like Arizona teams haven't really made the playoffs in, in, in years. So like, you know, it's, it's, it's safe to say, like, I mean, the D-backs were there a couple years ago. Um, but it's safe to say that we want a playoff team. We want a playoff run here in this city, and I think that will just help all sports just get a little bit more notice here. But on to Brad Richardson. Let's go on to the three stars of the week. Uh, take it off. Yeah, so he uh, is going to get our third star of the week. He has uh, four goals in that Coyotes win last night, and he helps them win their fifth straight. So he gets our third star. Um, our second star of the week uh, goes to a little bit of college basketball here, R.J. Barrett. Who, yeah. who could be a top, or he is going to be a top pick, but could be a potential pick of the Phoenix Suns, depending on where they land in that lottery. Uh, he got freshman of the week. Zion, obviously, that famous shoe blowout last week, so he had a, sprained his knee a little bit. So in the week that Zion's been gone, R.J. Barrett scored, uh, averaged 31.5 points, 9 rebounds, and 5.5 assists. Pretty incredible numbers for yeah. a freshman, and let alone a college basketball player. And then our uh, number one star of the week is? Number one star of the week is the richest man in the world right now, uh, Bryce Harper. Um, we're giving it to him just because it's finally done. Um, and on top of it, he deserved it. But um, it's a hell of a contract. It's, it's a hell of a paycheck. So um, first star for him for sure. Yep, he's getting paid. Good yeah. for him. 
Yeah. So, um, next, uh, we're going to skip the gritty section this week. We, uh, you know, if you're a mascot out there, step it up a bit and you might get on the podcast. Um, but other than that, I think that's uh, it's time to throw it over to ask the fans. Um, I'm going to answer a couple hockey questions um, to start it, and then uh, me and Josh will answer the third one together as a team. Um, the first one, I got, um, if a goal is called back for goalie interference, should there be a penalty on the play? Now, I'm 100% like on this one. Um, this has been complained about a lot. I 100% think that this should be called a penalty. If you're if you're interfering with a goalie at any point in the game, that's a penalty. Um, so if you're going to get a goal call back for goalie interference, why wouldn't you receive a penalty? It doesn't really make sense. It's just a face-off outside of the zone doesn't really make sense to me. Um, the second hockey question is um, the who is the best defenseman of all time, in my opinion. This comes from Ed Bartlett, my granddad. He's a big Bobby Orr fan, so he wanted to see if I agreed with him or not. I do not. I agree with, uh, or I believe that Nick Lidstrom, uh, Detroit captain, um, not anymore, I miss him a lot, number five in episode five, he is the best defenseman of all Wait time. Wait a minute. So you went with the hometown Red Wings guy for the best defenseman ever. Yeah, he's, he is, though. All right. He, he is. He's, he's, uh, you know, he's one of those defensemen that is always stay at home, Always, I mean, look at him, dude. He's 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 a legend. Um, no one's ever gonna wear number five in that that jersey again because of him. But Bobby Orr is one of the best players of all time. He's not the best defenseman though. So uh, the next question, um, we're gonna go into it. This is the third question. We're both gonna have a little opinion. What's your favorite sports movie of all time? This is from one of my coworkers uh, at work. I'm going to go for my favorite sports movie, and there's a lot of them, actually, because I actually considered quite a bit of them, and, you know, obviously, speaking sports fans, uh, you have uh, one of my childhood favorites, Space Jam, and that was actually considered because I had a Space Jam birthday back in the day, so, oh, I mean, oh, we yeah. almost we almost went with that, yeah. but let's go something modern, something funny. I went Dodgeball, True Underdog Story. I mean, you have a story here where they're trying to save their own local gym from Global Gym. I mean, how could you not love this? Yeah, how could you not yeah, love this? That's a good Sorry. one. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. What? Oh, that's a good oh. one. Uh, we didn't pick any serious ones. No, we um, didn't. I mean, mine, mine is easy. Uh, if you try to take off your skate and stab somebody, you know, it's pretty... Pretty historical, and he led the league in, in penalty minutes, which I did once before as well. Uh, Happy Gilmore is my favorite sports movie of all time. Step right up, folks. See if you can outdrive the amazing golf ball uh, whacker guy. In the running, though, I mean, Bad News Bears is there. Uh, Mighty Ducks is there. I love every single one of those. And Miracle on Ice would be in my top three as well. But... Um, yeah, that's all we got for episode five. It was a hell of an episode, and yeah, you know. look forward to next week uh, going over some more hockey. See where uh, the Coyotes are standing at that time. Yeah, hopefully, and remember our social media. Don't don't forget to follow us at No Pucks Pod on Instagram, yep. and uh, hit us up on social media. Send us some fan questions. Yeah, hit us up with those questions, and I actually get to see the Coyotes live tomorrow night against the Red Wings. So uh, go Wings, but uh, go Yotes as well. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of No Pucks Given, and uh, we'll see you back here next Sunday. Thanks, guys. <laughs>